welcome back to Why Will No One Date These Guys with Naomi Guy and Joel Guy. We recently reached our viewership goals that we set for ourselves, and we think that a Patreon is in order, and we'd really appreciate your help. What kind of help, Naomi? Monetary. Excellent. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you want to help us move some furniture, that'd be great too, but money would be nice as well. Into a new studio. Yeah, so a Patreon is pretty straightforward if you're not familiar with the website. Basically, you can set a pledge of a certain amount of money to give your favorite creators each month, and then they get it on the first of each month. It can be as small or as large as you want, and you can adjust it or cancel it at any time unless you choose to pay in advance. This supports them, and in this case, it would be supporting us, allowing them to maintain independence from mainstream networks, give them the resources they don't have to keep doing cool stuff. Someone with multiple jobs, I can say running a podcast is not the cheapest endeavor. We have trimmed a couple of costs recently, but we're still paying a bunch to broadcast our work to a few dozen listeners, and any amount of money you could give would be greatly appreciated to allow us to continue doing this. So, I mean, the first question I think people listening to this is going to ask is like, what do we plan to spend your money on? And I got to say, gold bathtub is top of our priority list. <laughs> we're going to put uh, it on our followed roof. Followed by champagne to fill the bathtub with. And let's be clear, that's not a one-time thing. Like, it's a nightly occurrence we're gonna pay with champagne. We're going to pay men and women to walk around in their undies and just blow bubbles at us. Excuse me, togas. This is going to be a classy establishment. Oh, okay. No, though, we do have some like actual tangible goals. Tammy, can you talk a little bit about what we can spend Patreon money on? Yeah, so we spend a little bit of money every episode paying an editor. It's about $120 per episode right now for editing and hosting the episode. Costs have come down a little, so but so has the quality, let's be real. Yeah, let's let's be clear. Like editing, there's a wide range of what's considered like editing. The most basic editing is just making sure the audio is synced, making sure you've cut out a bunch of ums, making sure loud noises and disruptions are, you know, removed from the episode. Uh, But that's very basic. More advanced editing can make sure that the sound levels are the same for both people throughout the entire episode. They can go through and fact check and make sure the information you're providing is accurate. Uh, They can potentially provide transcripts for your episodes. You can use that content in the future without having to go back and listen to everything. We were paying a bit more for editing or getting a slightly better product, but unfortunately did not have the resources to continue paying for that level. And so we've downsized a bit. That's not to knock our current editing, but we do think that we can improve our editing over time. And currently, you know, $120 a month is already a lot, but hypothetically, we could go even further and pay for much higher quality editing for all of our episodes moving forward. We also spend a little bit of money on equipment and just like to start you obviously when you start a business you got to put in money to get out money so we invested in some microphones but we at some point would like to get a little bit better microphones and start building a little bit better sound dampening studio. So we currently record in our kitchen. There's a blanket that's hung up around the windows to help like insulate from outside sounds but every so often if you listen real closely you can hear stuff like a washer or dryer or power tools off in the distance or someone air blowing in the neighborhood or bean or even you know just the pieces of you know hardware and software we're using like the computers clicking and clacking obviously that's not the highest quality standard for podcasts and we would like to improve upon that in the future we would like you to be focusing on our amazing content and awesome voices and great jokes not you know the clickety clack of our keyboards subscriptions to magazines apps and resources we really just like to put our finger on the pulse of modern dating advice so in the future we would like to invest in some higher quality dating app content and primary sources primary sort yeah sure go ahead 
Well, I, I've heard anecdotally that Cosmopolitan, for instance, which is renowned for giving horrible, horrible dating advice, has gotten better in recent years. I, okay. I don't know how true this is, but apparently they got an editor like in 2016, 2017, who wanted to turn it into like a magazine for like the 21st century woman, which like actually informed them on things going on in the world and gave them like high quality, concrete relationship advice. Uh, again, anecdotally, I have not purchased a copy of Cosmopolitan, but I think especially in the dating world, there's a lot of kind of in window and secondhand knowledge that people acquire and like there's a lot of thoughts and opinions people come up with based off of what other people have said about certain things and i think it'd be very helpful if we were the ones actually reading and consuming that content and then regurgitating it back to you like a mama bird to a baby so yeah subscriptions would be great same would also apply to books there's a lot of really good relationship resources we want to absorb and see you know if they're actually helpful but then there's also a lot of really shitty dating advice books there's oh. a lot that are like hey <laughs> women the best way to win over a man is to be super submissive hey, and guys, a virgin and uh, never touched by another man or another woman you know, that's the title of a book that I was eyeing at Barnes & Noble the other day. Well, then there's a lot of really terrible, like, pickup artist books out there. And let's be clear, we do not plan to give money to horrible, horrible pickup artists. That's we why we buy books anything. secondhand. Secondhand, exactly. <laughs> that's a big tip if there's content you want to consume but don't want to support those people. Purchase it secondhand or acquire it by other means. Let's talk about apps. So it depends on people's demands, but we want to really dig into and break down the problems with different apps, specifically dating apps. We, we've talked a little bit about that before, but I think it would be helpful to actually purchase like the premium versions of different apps and compare performance of similar profiles to you know, scientific testing to see if, you know, you actually do get a boost or these apps are basically just pyramid schemes trying to suck as much money out of you as possible. Most likely the latter, but, you know, it again is worth actually testing this because a lot of people will say, you know, I see perks and the only way you can actually, you know, find success on dating apps is by giving them money these days. And that may be true, maybe not. I think at some point we're really going to like dig into that and make some, we have some great content ideas based off of using just like apps and talking about them. Last couple things, just weird shit, tarot readings, fiber artists who draw your dream person, seduction classes, seed money for date these guys, branded rape whistles and tasers, all of that. Yeah, so if we have extra funds, we have some crazy ideas we might, you know, use that money on. We've heard that, you know, there's a lot of like spiritually branded tarot readings, palm readings, crystal readings that can tell you about your dream partner. And we figure it'd be a larf to, you know, get some of these either in person or online. And talk I heard about, about this them. woman that you give like three like personal facts about yourself and she draws your soulmate for you. Exactly. And so like a lot of people under like her like when they're rating her the Etsy transaction, because what you do is Etsy like really pushes you after you purchase something, rating the transaction that you had with that individual or that small business. All of the people were like, oh, I she drew this for me and then I met my soulmate the next day. And I really just want to do like a six month or one year follow up with all those people and be like, were they really your soulmate though? <laughs> I guess, yeah. So yeah, those are things we would most likely be spending your money on. You know, if there's demand for it, we can probably even do a breakdown of expenses. We want to be open and transparent about this. This is not, you know, some awesome money-making opportunity for us. I don't think we're going to be, you know, canceling our day jobs and then we're going to, you know, remain in college forever based off the back of this. This is more of just supplementing the funds we're already putting into it. So the big question is, what do you get out of it? If this is a semi-commercial enterprise, hopefully the money you are paying goes towards something. 
unless you're a Tesla fanboy, in which case the money you pay, I guess, goes to support Elon Musk and the quality of the product you get out of it is kind of negligible. Anyways, so depending on the tier, the amount of money you're providing, you might get things such as your episodes a week early in advance, a chance to vote on future episode topics and content. We don't know what our audience is vibing with. We have a general idea, but we'd love to hear from you about the sort of topics and content you're interested in, the type of information you want to know about. Yeah, we have some great ideas, but of course, we want to hear from you guys on what you guys want to learn about and and what you want us to talk about, who you want us to meet with. I feel like we've come up with some pretty creative ideas, but of course, not everyone's interested in everything that we're interested in. And keep in mind too, like we've had some really good guests. We have other people who are interested in participating, but it's not always the most feasible for people who we want to talk to, to, you know, take time out of their schedule. If needed, you know, the opportunity to potentially offer them a stipend or something to appear on a podcast would be great. AMA or dating advice threads, if you've gained specific questions, we recognize a lot of our listeners did not receive high quality sex education. We're not going to pretend we have answers for everything, but Patreon offers the opportunity to do like these little threads and forums where you can constantly do updates to it. So if you have a question, you know, we can go out, do some research for you, come back and provide you, you know, a high quality answer that we'll stick by. Behind the scenes material. We do have a decent chunk of that before we launched it's our website. It's just bloopers of me just stumbling over words and Joel making very terrible jokes or stumbling well, over that's his our words. podcast, Naomi. <laughs> um, oh, I'm talking more about photo shoots. Oh, we did God, a photo yeah. shoot before we started our website, before we launched this podcast officially. We took several hundred photos, I think, and we used five of them. This would show you some of the content for that. We came up with a new logo for our Patreon. We really like that logo. We'll show you, you know, the process and design of that. And if we do, you know, future projects such as uh, one of our other incentives, the holiday card, we might show you the behind the scenes (laughs) process of how we came up with it, conceptualized it and, you know, brought it to fruition. Holiday card is probably the last big thing. Uh, This would be the highest tier. I've been sending out fun Joel and Bean themed holiday cards for the past couple of years to people. If you're one of our high donors, we'll send you a holiday card every year. We're not saying which holiday. It's a non-denominational one. It will be just general well wishes for the year, but we'll come up with something crazy and send you out a holiday card. It could be Halloween themed, St. Patrick's Day themed, probably not Christopher Columbus themed, Indigenous People's Day themed. (laughs) With this, you'll definitely be supporting a small artist as well. We usually try to find Etsy or Fiverr artists. Or people on Twitter, yeah, Yeah. who have open commissions. Exactly. Yeah, we're not finding some, some soulless company to produce all of our stuff. So yeah, those are some of the incentives. Obviously, one of the biggest incentives is just allowing us to keep doing this, but there are things you get out of it, tangible things. A big thing that's important to me is making sure our content is like accessible to everybody. We will have some, you know, bonuses that are not podcast material on our Patreon, but all podcast episodes that we do will eventually be released to the public. I think it's silly to gatekeep information, especially when you're doing a semi-educational podcast. I think one of the big problems in modern media is how there's a lot of like really good high quality content that's gated and really low quality manipulative content that is free. And so we want to make sure our stuff is open to the public. So again, there will be bonuses and incentives, but don't think that, you know, we're going to keep anything hidden behind closed doors to that point. I want to really underline the fact that we do not want your money. If you're experiencing financial hardship, we also don't want a lot of your money, even if you have a bunch to spare. We're keeping our max donation level at this point only $10 and probably won't raise it above $15 at any point. If you have extra money to give, great. But honestly, there are plenty of other important groups who need your help. Just a couple I thought of off the top of my head. We've plugged a few of these before. ProPublica, they do amazing 
hard-hitting journalism. If you go to their website, you can see like all these state legislators being like, oh, yeah, we're making big changes to this program because of ProPublica. So, yeah, they're, they're exposing incompetence and corruption and malpractice, and they're doing a damn good job. Planned Parenthood, I don't know what else there is to say that we haven't already said about Planned Parenthood. Um, they support reproductive health for both men and women. They provide abortion access in places that don't have abortion access. Just a phenomenal organization. The ACLU, which defends First Amendment rights. I occasionally have issues with some of the things they decide to prioritize, but across the board, they have done an amazing job of defending these in the modern era. Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF, they are defenders of digital freedoms, bail funds in your communities, especially for protesters who are doing, you know, basic things like exercising their First Amendment rights and being targeted by the cops. That's definitely an issue in Maricopa County right now. And there's been some amazing journalism done by ABC 15 and I think KJZZ about how the prosecutor's office has been targeting people. Yeah, well, regardless whether or not they end up liable for that, those people, you know, occasionally are still in jail. And so giving bail fund money to your community can really help people out. Protesters often are beaten down by the fact that they're constantly targeted by the police, and that can cause them to leave the movement. If they know that there's financial support to, you know, protect them in case they do get into a jam, uh, that keeps them, you know, doing good. The same applies for, like, water protectors. There's a lot of really smart, intelligent activists out there who are defending the rights of water access across the United States. They're protesting Shia against- LaBeouf. I just said Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Pipelines, they're making sure that new pipelines, that there's a lot of difficulties in making sure that, you know, places that are going to only worsen climate change, they make it as difficult as possible for these places to open. Unfortunately, the federal government thinks that it's literally terrorism to protest against environmentally destructive infrastructure. So make sure that they have, you know, financial support to fight what's really stupid decisions. Mutual aid funds. This, these are unprecedented times. Mutual aid provides the opportunity for, you know, people to give to each other, make sure the community stays strong. Other patrons, especially journalist substacks, where journalists go their own way, they don't have a news organization dictating what they can talk about. There's a lot of really good opportunities out there to support them. The Gravel Institute, they have a Patreon, they produce high quality little short videos discussing progressive issues and why, you know, groups like Prager University are completely stupid and are prioritizing the interests of big business above the you know interests of the world. And then consider, you know, not even a donation, but just joining groups like the IWW, the National Workers of the World, you know, groups that are specifically designed to make sure unions are accessible and open to everybody and they help grow and allow new unions to thor- uh, flourish across the world. So yeah, like we would appreciate any spare money you have, but there are obviously lots of other groups that, that need this money more than we do. So if you do have a bunch of spare change, throw some our way, but also make sure that these groups get support as well. Yeah, we may bring this up in future episodes. Most likely we're going to have a blurb at the end of each episode saying, hey, if you like our work, support us on Patreon. Please don't think that we're pushing this on you. We're not going to, you know, twist your arm and say you're a bad friend or anything if you don't support us. Bad, you know, family member, bad member of the community who stumbled across our podcast by accident. We would like the support, but are just reminding people who may be tuning in for the first time that that there's an opportunity to support us. Nothing more, nothing less. Naomi, anything else? We'd like to thank you very much for listening to this blurb. We know it's not our regular content, but we did want to give out a couple of different ways of sharing this information. We will be later on talking about it on Instagram and our other social medias. If you don't know, our social medias are at Date These Guys on both Twitter and Instagram. And we might just make a Snapchat soon. What's our MySpace? Our MySpace. Ooh. 
I don't know. I think we should ironically come up with a lot of like. Should we do like top five friends too? <laughs> depending on like, oh my God, depending on like Patreon like you, donations. I think that's fair. We'll come up with a MySpace for our top five <laughs> Patreons. Okay. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you have a great week. And if you don't have a great week, don't blame us. Bye. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to I Will Know and Thank These Guys with Naomi Guy and Joel Guy. There we go. <laughs> Now the sound of like a Miller Lite opening up. Mm. I don't like that. I could use some more stevia. That's my solution to everything these days. Liquid stevia. Today we're drinking Trader Joe's seltzers with a splash. These are non-alcoholic seltzer waters, which I mean like what is even the point? Seltzer water flavored with blood orange and orange juice. This means it is slightly higher calorie than normal seltzer water. So instead of zero calories, it is 15 calories. It's kind of like if you mixed... Like club soda with 5% orange juice. That's what it tastes like. Like 5%. 5% might be generous. 5% of the drink was orange. Maybe like a dash. I know a how splash. we keep comparing things to like chicken broth where a chicken just sat its butt in the water. And this is very much like an orange just sat its butt in this like bubbly water. <laughs> Naomi, I can't say that I'm a fan. I can it. say that I'm not a fan as well. Great. Joel, tell me about a high and low of your week. High and low. Well, this is why we don't record. <laughs> this is why we don't record ever. This is why we've never. This is why all of our podcast episodes are done in one week, and we've just been spacing them out. For yeah. Days. Well, I've been kind of sick, not COVID sick, so that's a plus. But he everything seems negative. like COVID these days. Yeah. Like it was coughing and wheezing, and got cold sweats and nausea and a headache, whole nine yards. I didn't feel great. Woo! Uh, so I got lots of sleep catching up on that, and that was positive. Uh, but yes, it was a very stressful week. I caught up on some reading. I was happy with that. I got some reading done. I was appreciative of the fact I could sit down and get knock that out. What about yourself, Naomi? High of my week was I had a stressful week, but I like took time to myself and like took time to relax. I canceled some plans so that I could like take some time for myself. Smart. Thank you. Also, the new season of Sex Education is on Netflix and Don't Text. Going to be doing that for the next like couple nights naomi i have heard good things about the netflix series sex education oh can God, you describe it so good. what's the appeal what's it about so essentially these two kids get together from different backgrounds and they start a Romeo and Juliet. sexual education ring <laughs> ring <laughs> ring and they just get paid to anonymously give advice to people oh my god that could be us that could be us yeah well, that's of this episode we have patreon <laughs> So I would recommend it. I think it's a really good show. It has Scully from X-Files. I don't remember actresses' names. Good Lord. (laughs) I don't remember actors' names. What is her name? Uh, See, you don't remember it either. Jillian. Gillian. Jillian Maxwell? No. (laughs) (laughs) Is it bad if I'm typing in X-Files Scully actress? I'll know it when I see it. She's been in so much. Yeah, Jillian Anderson. Okay, Okay. I'm not crazy. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, she's, oh, she's amazing. Love her. But I think this is their final season, which is sad, but love that. I didn't really have a low this week. I kind of just vibed all the way through it. Damn. I guess I forgot to make coffee one morning, so I was just like raw-dogging life. Joel hates when I say that. (laughs) So anyways, in this episode, since Joel is feeling a little sicky, we're really just going to go back to basics. Well, it is going to be a guy family catch-up. There'll be time for Joel as well. Yes. I wanted to call this episode Ketchup and Guys. <laughs> Joel, we're going to be using that name. 
Okay, the great. You can't just give away the name title. Oh, wait, they already saw it if they're listening to it. Probably. Yeah, so we're just going to be talking about what's <laughs> new in our lives, uh, what's going on in the world since our initial like intro episode. So grab your crochet project, practice your knot tying, or simply lie back with a mint julep and relax as we give you the deets. I heard really good things about ranch water. Maybe go and get a ranch water. I don't know what that is. Uh-oh. <laughs> Nail me. <laughs> Tell me horrifying things about the dating world. What's new with you? What okay. have you been up to since we initially so, started this? So, let me give just like a life update. I decided recently that I'm going to be applying to master's programs in London. I think I mentioned that in like an episode a couple weeks ago. So, that's exciting. She will be practicing her English accent in preparation yep, for the interview. Yep. I've just been vibing, honestly. I'm back on some dating apps just to like see see what people are all about. Why were you off dating apps? I was seeing someone for a bit of time and out of respect for that person, I was not on dating apps. I feel like that's a, the respectful thing to do. That's fair enough. <laughs> but that did not work out. So now I'm here back on dating apps. Had some interesting conversations, took some screenshots. I'm going to be sharing all that today. This is going to be like a modified version of my private Snapchat called everyone but my bumble booze, which I had on Snapchat before this podcast, which inspired the podcast. So I will be rating men that I've talked to this week. Yeah, it has been a little bit over a week since I started back on dating apps. So Joel, give me a life update about you. Before we do that, I just have a quick question. Do you yeah. feel you've, you've learned anything about yourself? Have you, have you changed in any fundamental ways? I would say I know my boundaries and I know exactly what I want out of a relationship. I recently started going to therapy, so I'm learning a lot about myself. I used to think that I was like really just like an overthinker. And now I'm just realizing that I just have normal thoughts and I have a God complex. So, huh. Uh, That wasn't actually what I was told. I'm just pulling that out of my butt, but still. Weird things down there. Me. Let's see. My hair is longer since we last talked. Ooh. I was on and off dating apps for a period. Dating apps are frustrating, we'll say. Yeah. Big change, I think, in my life is purchased a vehicle, which yes. for a lot of people listening is not going to sound like a major accomplishment, but it is my first car. I have been biking and public transiting and lifting, lifting my way around Phoenix for quite a while. I also have stubbornly, when going on trips, tried to either refuse to use airplanes or purchase carbon offsets and typically have taken buses. So yeah, it, it's a change up. It's a cute little electric vehicle. It doesn't have a huge range but I don't need a huge range. Oh my god, have you decided on a name yet? Well, it's a Nissan Leaf, so I'm thinking Leaf or Sutherland. I liked Leaf Erickson better. I feel Leaf Erickson is too on the nose. Okay. Uh, it's too obvious. It's like one of the first names I came up with. My car's name is Darlene. Darlene. So uh, some real... Interesting. Yeah, so it has been helpful. I've you know been able to help people move, been able to help people go to the airport, been able to go out and do more things by myself. Never ask Joel to pick deal. you up from the airport. He will get lost. He got lost, what, twice or three times yesterday when you were picking up your friend It was from the very airport. rainy. I have an excuse. <laughs> and I've been dating someone for a month and a half. So anyways, back to Naomi. Naomi, what's going on with you? So uh, let's go over some screenshots. Some screenshots? Yeah. Let's oh, start you with- really didn't want to dig into it? Naomi's like kind of doing a bug eye. business. I'm not going to ask because the more that I dig, the less that you're going to tell me. So oh, I'm I prepared just- a thing. You, you, you did not read the, the script notes for this episode. I didn't read the script notes because I didn't know we had script notes for this episode. 
You didn't uh, we share show sunscreen up prepared notes. to these episodes. You didn't send Naomi notes. doesn't read the script and decides to always improv. Joel, go ahead. Naomi does that thing in theater where they're Joel like, have a crowd. Send me fucking script notes. Joel, say what you were gonna prepare. In crowd scenes, when extras are like trying to pretend they're talking, they'll be like, walla, 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 walla. That's what Naomi says a lot of the time. It's not actually content. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's it's been going on. It's beginning of August. We we did meet on a dating app. I won't go into too many of her personal details for fear of doxing her. And Does I, she listen to this? Well, she knows it exists, okay. so that's something. That's I, good. I feel it's an important thing to establish on the first couple of dates. She's nice. She messaged me initially. I have a quip on my OkCupid under the six things you uh, couldn't live without, which whenever I see those on OkCupid, it's always like, my my amazing family and Jesus Christ and water and food and it's a lot of people who are attempting to be like clever but it's not clever because everyone else does the same thing and so I put something I'm like does anyone actually read these eh, I'd rather you know give you a compliment or something that new high waisted denim you you have is looks great and I think you're pulling it off and you should feel very proud of your choice in fashion I don't know like I wrote it a while ago it's just stayed there because I don't have anything better to put there and she replied and she's like you know I just purchased high waisted denim and I really appreciate appreciate you recognizing it. So, so boy, it took a while to get the payoff, but payoff was 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 good. Uh, so we chatted back and forth. Our first day was at a board game cafe in Tempe called Snakes and Lattes. I've said before that board game cafes are good dates. I'm going to take that back. Yeah, and that's the reason exactly. For that, I knew you were going to say that. The reason for that is if you're both really bad at board games, it's going to suck because you're like looking for something you can have fun with and yeah. you're going to spend most of the evening like learning rules. And if you're both like decently good, you're going to spend a lot of time like staring at cards in your hand and coming up with strategies and you, as you yeah. attempt to kick the other person's butt. And so there's not a lot of opportunity for conversation and there I think are a lot of like areas for frustration to grow and develop. So I would discourage that. I think it worked out for us, but I don't think we really clicked until our second date at a Mediterranean restaurant and then a bar we hung out at afterwards. She's very smart. She is working on a law degree. I'm going to be honest. She goes to ASU, right? She goes, I don't want to reveal too much. Okay. Well, never mind. I won't say what I was going to say then. Yeah. Again, like if I get her permission, you know, I can, I'll discuss, you know, her. <gasps> Love to have her on the podcast. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, that'll be an awkward conversation. We'll just put like a voice scrambler so I don't have to meet her. And we'll just put like a big like barrier right here so she can like be over there. And then I'll just turn around when she's asleep. Okay. I'm going to say something that. You're going to be like, oh, God, that makes so much sense. And it is that she used to do and coach speech and debate. And I want to make it clear, like... Is it someone that I've met before? No, Okay, no. thank the freaking Lord, <laughs> man. It, it is not someone you have ever interacted with, I believe. I, I think that's, like, really helpful because it means that we have similar knowledge bases in history and philosophy yeah. and current events. And, you know, there's lots of opportunities for conversation based upon that. It's not, you know, the fact that she, you know, argued a lot. And I, I think that's actually very unattractive. We actually spent most of the second date discussing how much we hated the current speech and debate community and a lot of the skills that speech and debate teaches and prioritizes. But yeah, I, I think that speech and debate backgrounds are a great opportunity to meet like-minded individuals who, you know, share common beliefs and, you know, a general set of knowledge about the world. And, and that's really helpful. There are people I meet who lack certain understanding in like very basic areas of life. And you know, it's totally fine. There's a lot to know about in the world. But it can be kind of frustrating when you're 
attempting a relationship and you keep having to, you know, explain things before you can have a conversation about stuff. And it's really helpful from the get-go being able to, you know, just pick up and, you know, chat aimlessly about anything. See, I think that's really interesting that you say that because the first date that I went on with a guy from a dating app, he went to U of A and we were talking for some reason, like gladiators came up in our conversation. And I was like, oh, like he must have a similar like educational, like high school background than I, that I do. Joel and I went to a school that really emphasized Western Books. Tradition, tradition, Western books. being Western. So we have like a, a knowledge of um, we read like Dante's Inferno, we read Plato, we read Socrates, and we're not so, better than you. Those are not amazing books. Um, that's what have- you say. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm better than. Oh God, I. there's that God complex <laughs> keeps in her butt. So he mentioned that, and I was like, oh, he must have gone to a similar because our school is part of like a school system, and I'm not going to mention it. But I was like, oh, he must have gone to one of the schools, and it ended up he went to a private school that taught about the same thing. And I came back from the first date, and Joel and I, a couple of times, I'd come home and we we talk about like my leftover over leftovers, and we talk about how the date went. And I walked in, and I was like, you were freaking right he went here and it was like one of those like prestigious like private schools in phoenix and i was like oh god it's like you know in the locker room after a football game the coach will you know discuss what went well like there's time for celebration there's also time to reflect upon exactly you know, the mistakes and missteps we yep. can learn from that experience it's the same thing yeah yeah un- unfortunately i think a lot of people with similar education backgrounds can fall into very similar tropes. I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if you've had this. You kind of mentioned it, but it's really hard for me to like talk to someone on like a deeper level, especially meeting them off of a dating app. I hate to like be that person, but if you don't have like a good bio slash it says that you've only gotten a high school education, I probably will not be swiping right on you. I know that kind of sounds like classist, but I would prefer to have like intellectual conversations with a person that I'm going on a date with slash intellectual conversations just in the text messages that sure. I'm sending back and forth. It's hard for me to relate to someone that doesn't even like put punctuation in sure. their like in their text messages. Get or your someone, English certificates, guys. Oh, or someone who's just like, hey, how you doing? Or like, what's up every like five minutes? Like send those texts, check in on the person that you're texting with. But at the same time, there's a difference between that and using that as a conversation starter every five minutes. I think there's a couple points because I, I general, generally agree, but have a, I think or, there's some caveats. First, just because you went to college doesn't make you smart. There's plenty of dumbasses I went yep. to college with. Ooh, yeah. uh, college is not nearly as hard as people like say it is. Certain degrees, yes, absolutely. They're very difficult, but other degrees are – very much pass-fail classes that you could blow off. So yeah, we're not saying that going to college makes you smart. And I know a lot of like egotistical assholes who got master's degrees or higher forms of education and you know can't really function in the real world outside of their very specialized field. So yeah, we're, we're not endorsing you know college. I think what we're endorsing primarily is intellectual curiosity. I think going to college Definitely. again exposes you to a lot more literature, a lot more reading, a lot more engaging with a wide variety of topics. And, so and you people, do have, wide yeah, variety and, and people, people too. Well, yeah. yeah. So you have familiarity with these things. You make less assumptions. You have a lot of, you know, topics and experience you can kind of pull out of a hat. And so just because you went to high school only doesn't mean that you're stupid. It's just that you have to really emphasize that you have intellectual interests 
when you're, you know, on dating apps, you need to indicate in some degree you do interesting stuff that, you know, you haven't, you know, kind of checked off the box that said high school and left your education at that. I think what's really attractive is people who are constantly focused on improving themselves, improving their knowledge base, improving, you know, their capabilities. And again, if you think that the end of your education is high school, I feel that's an indication that you've let your capacity slip in other regards as well. The coolest kid in high school was exactly that. The coolest kid in high school. I'm going to come back to this topic later on because I have a screenshot of someone, like someone's profile. Excellent. During this episode, I'm going to give you some funny screenshot. I took some screenshots from people's bios and also messages that I had with people this past week. I will probably be doing this in the future if I find like some really good ones. These were just ones that I found with, during the week. Joel will be giving his raw reactions. I haven't shared any of these with him. So, Joel. I'm raw dogging reactions. You're raw dogging reactions. <laughs> Joel, do, are you ready to get started? Naomi, I opened up because I figured you'd have questions. Do you have any additional ones? I do not have questions because I feel like all my questions are too personal for the podcast. And if I have any, which I probably won't even after the podcast because that's your personal life and if you want to share it you can tell me i'm gonna start on my instagram my my instagram handle i think is talking about trash i'll I'll start posting you know amazing high quality details of the conversations and but he'll block me like i will block naomi yes i'll have like long videos with the person in question yeah where uh we, we talk about how much i dislike my sister and other fun topics Oh, I'm sorry. The other sister. The other sister. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready, Naomi. Okay, so as everyone, okay, as everyone on Bumble knows, there's like some prompts. Every I feel like every dating app has prompts that Bumble's so basic. Yeah. So Bumble has a prompt that says, "As a child, I was really into dot dot dot," and this person said, "Dump trucks." Still am. Damn! (laughs) What a good line. This sounds like a keeper. I don't remember his name. Oh, ooh, ooh. Anyway, okay, well, anyway, let's let's like dissect these a little. Yeah. What do you think is right or wrong with that? Okay, so I use a line every so often. If I'm just like, if I'm comfortable around the person, I'll be like, do you have a CDL? And they're like, you mean like a commercial driver's license? No. And I'm like, really should have one for that absolute dump truck of an ass. <laughs> and everyone laughs when I say that. I've never had someone not laugh when I say that. So like that's funny. But like if you're going to put dump trucks in your like profile, it just automatically means that you won't go out with a girl that ha- doesn't have a dump truck. I think what's also kind of confusing about that line is you could argue it's not even innuendo. It's just a guy who's really into trucks, right? There was that guy that you worked with that was super into trash trucks. Yeah. Yeah. And th- there but are the way he like put that. a winky face at the end. So I'm assuming that when he said dumb trucks. No, he- he's saying he's sexually attracted <laughs> to trucks. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to Richard. Richard's 27. His profile is business in the front, party in the back. But all of his pictures were just him in an army uniform. Huh. Is he saying it only does butt stuff? I don't know. Like him personally? Pegging is a requirement in this relationship. Nikki, 28. This is one of my favorite. I identify as bisexual on Bumble, but I identify as straight on Hinge. Just mm. to mix it up. I'm a, I'm a Bumble, Bumble bisexual. bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> she said, sometimes when I'm home alone and bored, I super glue my thumbs to my nipples and pretend I'm a T-Rex. That's pretty cute. That's a keeper. Looking for good vibes and new friends. Smiley face. Also, I'd like to go on epic adventures. Small town girl. I don't like epic adventures. 
I feel that's overused. I feel nearly every profile I see talks about amazing adventures or something. And I don't know what it means because there's a lot of people who you like by their profile. You're like, oh, they seem kind of introverted. They don't seem to like going out much. Well, she's a travel nurse. So that's interesting. Yeah, it could be that she's looking for adventures, like fun adventures while she's traveling in new cities. It could mean like everyone has a different definition of epic adventures. Some people are like, oh, let's go skydiving. That's an epic adventure. Some people are like, oh, let's get go get matching tattoos on the first date. That's an epic Uh, adventure. Yeah, bad juju. Everyone has a different definition of epic adventure. I appreciate that she wants some spontaneity, but I would prefer to not go out with someone who's in town very briefly because the last time that happened, I found out that that person was married. Oh, right. Yeah. Moving wait, right wait, along. Wait, wait, wait. I think it's important if you do get an opportunity to reply to Nikki or you haven't replied to her yet, say something to the effect of sometimes at night when everyone's asleep, I fill the bathtub with marinara sauce and crouch down inside and pretend I'm a meatball. See how she reacts to that. Anyways, so. Boy, I've shocked my <laughs> sister into silence. <laughs> This guy's name is Max. He's 25. This is a couple's profile. Uh. Yeah, this is. I didn't match with him, but this is a couple's profile. And I really enjoyed this bio because obviously it's a couple's profile. But oh, they oh, said, oh, you keep saying that. Is there actually an option to be, I am both man and woman seeking people? On? No. Okay, okay. So but, it is, I am a man. Yes. Also, there's a woman attached. Yes. Okay. Usually there's like selfies or like pictures of sure, them both sure. in the profiles. What I liked about this bio was, it says, obviously we're just looking for a friend to play hopscotch and read the Bible with. That's kind of cute. I really liked it. Yeah. I really would have liked like a a singular person to have that in, pro- in their profile because it mm-hmm. means that they're like cute and funny. But this is I, I'm not into couples, so mm. a lot of these couples are just looking for a sexual relationship, like a third person. God, they could at least throw offer some cash, sugar grandparents. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why did we skip over a generation? Why aren't they just like sugar parents? Because I think grandparents are the ones who are like, here's a plate of cookies, also 15 bucks. And I repaired that that hole in the sweater. I don't know. Uh, you're right. I probably shouldn't have skipped over a generation. Josh, 26. Look, if you're inviting someone into your house just so you can bang them and then they can leave so you can enjoy your bed by yourself, maybe consider paying for their dinner. Josh, 26. Miami boy in the desert. Keep it simple. Keep it moving. It's funny sometimes. Say less. Do more. Damaged goods. Not 26. Oh my god, this is one of the guys who unironically shares Joker memes. I am, that is, when I say Joker memes, that is exactly what I Oh my god, literally, Joel came home the other day and we were eating dinner, we were eating Thai food, and he was like, could not get over the Joker memes. And I just, can you please explain that to our audience? So basically, there are Instagram pages and Facebook groups that just share Joker memes and pictures of Heath Ledger, like, all 150 photos of him like from Batman the Dark Knight promotional materials and like stills from the movie and Jared Leto sometimes other jokers those are the main two that I see and the memes are just like how misunderstood they are and how much smarter they are than everybody else and how like they have a dark side to them and if people push them too far they're gonna snap and how they understand society better than other people and it's this weird like camaraderie and association with like a sociopath who enjoys murder murdering people and there's really not much to the joker character like writers keep wanting to expand upon like this children's comic book character and be like there's so much more nuance to him he's a psychopath but also he's damaged 
no damaged goods yeah he's a batman villain created in what the 1930s whose main gimmick who's supposed to be a one-off character use laughing gas to make people grin themselves to death or something and he's been around for a while and people keep trying to make him like batman's ultimate villain he's a clown who murders people there's no real depth to him so the dark knight had like this plot where, like, Joker was trying to show how, like, evil everyone in society was, and, like, then the citizens of Gotham didn't do his bidding and blow up a boat full of criminals, and so, like, that proved how good, in fact, everyone is, and it really didn't, but it was, like, an attempt for Christopher Nolan to use, like, morality and be like, this is how society really is. Look, here's a mirror. Look at yourself, society. You're actually fundamentally good. But a lot of people just took away that, like, oh, no, that Joker guy has a point. Society is damaged. Society is is weird and broken and perverted and only the people who understand that can really rise to the top i don't know where i'm going with this like my point is there's a certain subset of individuals whether they be emo or goth or like weirdly incellular who identify with the joker and think that like by embodying quirks of the character and like speaking in a joker accent and reposting content involving the joker they seem cool and like wise and i think that's the biggest red flag you can imagine or just indicates that they're stupid like i can understand like people who appreciate awful characters like there's plenty of like characters in fiction where i'm like oh i don't agree with anything that they say but i think that they're well written and interesting i don't think the joker's that i don't think anyone's ever been like this is a really interesting nuanced portrayal of insanity who he's a guy who like puts on clown makeup but he does it because he's broken on the inside and it's a metaphor for our existence no 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 don't 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 tell me that there, there are plenty of Batman villains who you can argue, like, actually, like, have interesting psychological, like, backgrounds and personalities and quirks and that we can, like, embody characteristics from while also disagreeing. The Joker is not one of them. The Penguin. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy's an environmentalist. I don't get why everyone's <laughs> like, she's still a villain. That, that's the crazy part. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's my Joker rant. I do unironically enjoy, like, a lot of these Joker memes because they're just really gross and weird. It's like, oh, God, why would you make this? Why would you post this on your personal story? Please delete everything. This guy's name is Nick. He's 27. He said, Zeta Beta Chicken Alfreda. Like, he's a part of the frat Zeta Beta Chicken Alfreda. Is he offering to buy you Chicken Alfreda? <laughs> Costco Platinum member. Is I liked a, it. Is that a real thing? Yeah, I thought so. Costco Platinum. I knew there was, like, basic. What I did, thought there was, like, Platinum or Gold. What does that get you? I don't know. You get to do a supermarket sweep every, once a year where you can just, anything you can put in your cart within the space of three minutes, you get to keep. DMR, date these guys' Instagram or Twitter, and let me know if you want to do a lesbian wedding with me, which is basically just, uh, we each have a Costco membership card. Let me know. Huh. <laughs> Weird stereotypes that you're pushing. Oh, this was dad. Dad told me this, that that was a lesbian wedding. I see. What wisdom he holds. <laughs> Eddie, 27, not looking for anything serious, just a wife. Huh. Again, like, the question I keep asking myself is, what do they want out of this? I don't know. What is the, wh- what is the target audience? What is the intended result? And who replies? Like, have they, have they kept, like, notes on the type of person who's been like, oh, yeah, that's worth responding to? Boy, that's weird. That's, that's weird. That's weird. Theo said dating me is like the feeling of having to sneeze 
What does that mean? What the fuck? <laughs> Jesus. The, the Okay, these are creative and like they're different and they stand out, but not in a good way, right? Like you could be creative and stand out and have a profile that's like, I will literally murder you with a knife while you sleep, right? That'll get people's attention, but it's not a good attention. That's not like like something women are going to vibe with. And it's the same with these. It's like, what are you trying to say? It's like the feeling of having to sneeze. Are you constantly uncomfortable around that person? Are you constantly on edge? Are you constantly on edge? Are you constantly having to like hold something back in that relationship (laughs) because you can't like let it out because communication is non-existent? Are you allergic to that person? Does that person have a cat or a dog that you're allergic to? Jeez. I Boys, promise. this is what English degrees can help you with. Forming better metaphors. This is what going to college and reading books can help you do. This person said, I promise I won't judge you if we hook up within an hour of meeting. My third grade teacher described me as sexy. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jorge, 25, said, I hear you like bad boys. Well, I'm bad at everything. That's kind of cute. I liked it. Sorry, who said third grade? Oh, it's one of the prompts says my third grade teacher describes me as. And then he said sexy. So I'm just reminded of okay, all Okay, when you're like, in third grade, exactly like two people in the world can say that you're hot and that's your parents. They'd be like, what a handsome gentleman. Not sexy, like just attractive. What a handsome little gentleman. Look at him in his like little third grader outfit. Aw. A pro and con of dating me. Pro. I'm three, four, five, six to zero. Wait, what? I'm 3,456 to zero against anything with more than four legs. Con. the fuck? You'll likely develop giggle wrinkles at an early age. What? I'm literally just showing you the worst of the worst. But I don't need, but I'm, I'm just confused. I'm not angry. I'm not like frustrated. I, I, I just, this is like having a stroke. It's like, do these people, are these people like English is a third language where they're like, I don't understand idioms. I'm going to like come up with analogies. Uh, uh, well, dating me is like a nail goes through your foot and you have to get a tetanus shot like, every day of your life. This guy named Sean said, all I ask is that you don't tell my wife I'm on here. Baffling. Just, just, just baffling. Oh, I'm going to appeal to the cheater and all of the people on here. That's what they really want. A man who has other financial commitments and potentially a child. Yeah, that's attractive. So here's another couple. This guy's name is Parker. He's 28. Says the bio says couple looking for a woman or man to join us. Okay, which is fine. Cool. Why post this submissive picture of your wife? Huh. Let me uh, let me just describe that. Yeah, please. please, please it's do. a late 20s, maybe early 20s. Yeah, I'd or, say like I'd say like 24, 25. 25. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Woman, she's reasonably fairly attractive, dressed in a skimpy maid lingerie outfit on her knees, staring at the person taking a photo who's like above her. There's also like a very disorganized house. There's like a box. Is that bras in it? Yeah, it looks like some sort of clothing slash bras in a box. It looks like like a cage you might put across the entrance. There's a dog toy in front of her. Dog toy, which has insinuations. There's like what appears to be one of those dog cages you like put across entrances so a dog can't get into a room. No, I think that's the bed. What? Yeah, I think that's the bed stand. Okay, so they have the most disorganized house covered in dog toys. But like, why would you post that? Like, Leave a little to the imagination. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uncomfy. This guy, who I'm not going to mention any names because he might be a teacher at your high school. Oh, Jesus. English, specifically. Former high school. I'm not still in high school, Naomi. 
No, no. I'm saying to any of our listeners that may be in high school, oh, this okay. might be their current high school English teacher. He said, brand new to AZ from Chicago. Show me your favorite joints. High school English teacher. You Chicago grad student. Morocco expert. King friendly. Don't bore me. Kick friendly. <laughs> you can kick my ass anytime. Interesting. Personally, okay, here's the thing. If I'm 18 and I'm still in high school and I'm on a dating app, how freaking awkward would it be to see my English teacher on it? I don't know. English teachers got to get some, you know? But, okay, it's even creepier to see kink friendly in your English teacher's bio of the dating profile. I'm kind of with you, but I don't want to, like, shame male teachers because, like, I see women who, like, proudly describe themselves as educators on dating profiles all the time. And and I don't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, she has compassion. She has patience. She clearly cares about, like, the future of the planet. Those are, like, positive signifiers. And I think there's just too many negative stereotypes against male teachers being, like, weird. I think most functioning adults can separate what they do and what, like, turns them on. That That seems like easy parts of your life to compartmentalize. Now, like, if you go out with him and he begins to describe specific fetishes that he has involving, like, schoolgirl outfits, that might be concerning. Yeah. I, I can understand that m- might be a bit of a turnoff and or reddest of flags. But, yeah, yeah, like, I, I'm not going to, you know, stand here and be like, oh, all English teachers on dating apps are bad, all male teachers in high school who are on dating apps. No, you know, these are people who move to a place, are making absolute dog shit money, are doing it probably because they like doing it. He's also in grad school. Might be in grad school at the moment. You know, they just moved here and so they don't have a lot of friends in the area. They want to meet new people. Those are universal human desires. Yeah, let's let's not kink shame him. I'm not kink shaming him. I just feel like it'd be, I have some PTSD from my high school time in high school. Fair enough. So let's move on. This guy says bald one, referring to the picture that he has the first picture in his profile. What type of picture? It was, please don't ask questions. Okay. Bald one, please be active. 100K a year. I could give less than a fuck about the color of your skin or the ethnicity of the guys you've been with. Only into chicks that will pull a knife out on me. If you're not at least six feet, have a 15 pack and make 8 million a year, get the fuck away from me. I don't date the help. So he's not racist, but he is classist. Yeah. Or he's trying to be ironic. I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't hitting for me, though. Well, OK, he's like 100K a year, but that was right after another thing he wanted. So is he saying the person needs to make 100K or is he saying he makes 100K? He makes 100K. OK, then why is his income requirement so much higher? Because he wants to be a stay-at-home. Man? Yeah. Oh, OK. Stay-at-home husband. But then he's the help. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This guy says his perfect first date is grab drinks at a nice bar, get mixed up in a jewel heist, ditch the loot in the desert, hide a body, meet up in London to compare Hogwarts acceptance letters. I kind of liked it. I don't like that last part. Okay, people who are still into, like, Harry Potter media. Be careful what you're about to say. We have some listeners. Naomi, (laughs) I have a tattoo on my back from Harry Potter fan fiction. So I'm going to be moving quite (laughs) along. Josh, No, no, let's talk about Harry Potter for a second. They interest me, I'll say. The one thing that I see that a lot of people like who are really into Harry Potter, or or maybe it's just a certain vocal subset, I'm not going to pretend this is all people who are into Harry Potter, they make constant comparisons to Harry Potter, and it's like, have you read other books? Because there are other fiction series, there are other things out there. That's not to say that Harry Potter is the worst series in the world, it's just like, if you enjoyed that, there might be other content out there that's friendly. 
I see also a lot of people who make like moral comparisons using the Harry Potter houses, and that kind of bothers me. It's like, oh, President Trump was clearly a Slytherin, while Joe Biden's a Gryffindor. People do the same thing with like astrology. Yeah, I think even more than that, like the Harry Potter method is an even more limiting classist elitist way of like looking at the world i mean at least astrology there's what 12 different things you can be compared to four yeah that's it's it's kind of weird pushing everybody into one category or another while also like recognizing there's one category that if you're in you're like definitely going to be evil that's kind of weird and then let's not forget the fact that like jk rowling is kind of a piece of shit like i think this was obvious many years ago but like she's been very vocal on social media about how trans individuals like aren't real women or or men, I guess. I don't think she's spoken a lot about, you know, women, trans men, but yeah, like she's using her platform, which she has tens of millions of followers to bash her opinions on society into the minds of individuals. She's a multi-billionaire who's very privileged now. And yes, she came from very little, but that doesn't mean that she needs to, you know, beat down people who are less fortunate than she is. And then if we dig into like the imagery of the series, fat people are almost always incompetent or evil. The bankers are just metaphors for Jews. There's a lot of slavery or slavery adjacent concepts with house elves that are kind of brushed over and the people who care about those things are tacitly ignored there's really no characters of ethnicity she's like kind of danced around the idea hermione might be black but like the fact she couldn't come out and say it initially is indicative of the fact no hermione was probably meant to be white and she's only now like kind of revising things as the times have changed yeah that's not to say she's responsible for you know writing a book in the 1990s geared towards you know white middle class individuals that you know became a multi-billion dollar media property it is to say that if you're someone who has an extraordinary amount of influence you probably shouldn't use your influence to you know punch down Use your multi-billions to, you know, create a world of peace and tranquility. If you're a fiction writer, you can imagine, you know, a better world. Don't try to actively create a worse one. So, yeah, people who are still actively into Harry Potter who, like, are into it without recognizing the worst parts of the fan base kind of concern me. Because it's like, again, there is a world outside of it. There is media outside of it. You could probably find something you enjoy. That's not to, you know say you can't enjoy the universe that's been created and, you know, use your imagination and explore the implications and and fun stuff contained within it. Just, you know, be be, be mindful of the content you consume. We live in a world where, you know, most of your time is spent consuming media. Be mindful of the media you consume. I'm going to give a few more and then I'm going to give some things that I think of as red flags. Okay, okay. okay. I I need uh, to know this. How long did it take you to assemble this? Oh, God, like probably a total of like half an hour. Oh, and God. there's like at least what percentage 50 of profiles would you say are like cringy that like made your list like fifty percent thirty percent twenty percent I'd say like thirty to forty percent hmm. yeah because like I just I like swipe and then I like I don't swipe like right so what you're often. saying we're gonna have gainful employment for years oh, educating yeah. people oh, yeah beating yeah. into them basic principles of, like, I'd love seduction. yeah I'd love to go over just like some things that are personal red flags and just to like let everyone in on like my mindset on dating apps my favorite red flag is the Gryffindor flag oh my god <laughs> um so what I look for in a profile is like you have to be funny like in your responses if you mention your political affiliation or your religious affiliation, specifically you say can't live without Jesus Christ or something like that, like 
do your thing. I'm just not personally into that. If you call yourself a gentleman in your profile, you're like, oh, my mama raised like a Southern gentleman or something like that. I'm just like, bro, you're probably not a gentleman. You just were told that all your life by your mom because you actually treat her well. I'm a good old boy. And too many shirtless pics slash too many pictures in the gym. What's wrong with a shirtless pic? Please, if please explain If there's too your many of them. If that's so one's like, okay, one's a little flavor, a little one, sauce. One, two, little cherry three, on the sundae. maybe, Ooh. but- is since I think you have a total of like five or six Bumble pictures that you can put, or Hinge is six. I definitely know Hinge is six. But since there's only a certain amount that you can put onto into your profile, it's kind of like weird to me if you're just putting those. And like, I'm not a big gym person. And so I just, I'm not attracted to people that are just like always in the gym and that's all they talk about. And they're like, oh, like, let me just like dry scoop my pre-workout, like shit like that. Can I give like a, an example of a guy that I found that was just like personally like not it. His name was Moderated. What? I don't know if that was like a give it like a birth name or like he gave it to himself. He's 22. So you think it might have been like his original name on was like Butt Chugger or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So he's 22 and he said his highest form of education was high school and he graduated in 2017. He said, first and foremost, fuck Joe Biden. Smiley face. My name is CJ. I'm gay. and Why would you not just put your name at the top instead of moderated? Okay, keep going. (laughs) Shirtless picture to show off my chest tattoo equals moderated. Oh, what the fuck? 22, tattoos and piercings. I hate when guys flex their height. It makes me sick sick to my stomach. Hey, I like that. That's cute. (laughs) Fire and life safety. Nice guys finish last while bad boys finish on her face. Beamer boy. But boy spelled B-O-I. Beamer. Is that a... Like BMW? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like... Okay, yeah. not, Not what I was thinking initially. Well... He seems he seems like a, a fun fun. He dude. seems like a freaking wiener. I'm not here to defend Joe Biden. The last, but maybe don't say you're sexually attracted to Joe Biden in your profile. No, it says first and foremost, fuck Joe Biden. Like, yeah, that's I the don't... first part of your relationship. You both have to fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> I hate you so much. Look, uh, it's me and Joe Biden looking for a third. <laughs> <laughs> the last one that I want to share is Aaron twenty four. He says Aryan. Aaron. Okay. Aaron. He's the last one I want to share was you wouldn't peg me as one from the looks, but I'm a sub. Also, I drink too much coffee. I was gonna say peg is a poor choice of words. That's exactly what I was gonna. (laughs) That's exactly what I was gonna say. That's Nami slapping her mic furiously. Hopefully, that didn't like ruin your eardrums. So sorry. Uh, Sorry. What was that part about coffee? He just said, I drink too much coffee, which if someone's going to peg you, I don't want you drinking a lot of coffee. Okay, okay. If you're not on a platform specifically designed for, like, sexual connections, like, I guess Tinder, but, like, even Tinder's kind of been more, like, relationships and friend-focused, FetLife maybe, maybe don't mention, like, your sexual dominance preferences. It's a weird thing. Like, I think a lot of people are flexible and we're like, yeah, I, I can live with most stuff. But yeah, it's weird when that's like the biggest part of your personality that you can push is I enjoy stuff in my butt or I at least enjoy taking a passive role in activities involving our genitals. Also, I sometimes go to the bathroom frequently because I drink a lot of coffee. 
Those are my two personality traits. I have IBS. <laughs> I have IBS. <laughs> I spend too much at Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, basically. Again, keep in mind, people don't know you. They know this snapshot of you that you've created. Cultivate it. Make sure that it's an honest reflection of who you are and where your priorities it's are. It's so hard to do that, though, because you're only given, like, a certain amount of stuff. And you don't, as a woman, I don't want to give away too much because I've, like, heard so many bad things about when people give too much information on dating apps, people will literally just like create their dating app around you and like become the person that you want to be with. So it's scary for me to give out more information than I already do. I understand that. I think there's a middle ground between offering, you know, just basic, you know, pickup lines and offering no information whatsoever. You know, I, I think it's easy if you say, you know, I have a, a busy schedule and I'm looking for somebody who can, you know, share in, you know, fine food and laughs as we, uh, you know, enjoy our downtime. What did I say? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, establish, you know, look, the type of relationship I'm looking for is a high intense, high octane one where we're constantly thrilling each other or, you know, one in which, you know, we we both, you know, enjoy whatever time we have together and get to know each other on a, you know, very casual basis. Something like that. Master of seduction, I am. Sam, I am. Green eggs and ham. <laughs> keep them coming so i think that's all the best ones i've just shared today i'm really sorry i would have done more research but the last thing the last thing i want to do is talk about this really weird conversation i had in december of last year i went on a singular date with this guy and he was like a societally like really attractive person when i showed a picture to my mom my mom was like i'm leaving your dad for him do you not remember this i remember this yeah and so I went on one date with him and he seemed like a really nice guy, but it seemed like nothing had really happened to him in his life. Like he had, didn't have a lot of life experience. He was older than me by like at least five years. And he drove like a really nice car, had a really five, great job. 50, honestly. honestly, yeah. And he was a very physically attractive person, but we just, I just didn't feel like we related that much on a lot of different levels. So I didn't pursue going on a second date with him. He texted me around new year's we had a date in early december he texted me around new year's and he said let me take you out and i was like hey i'm like kind of busy like i think that i just want to like be friends with you i'm not really looking but for she didn't want to even be friends with him and he said this was why i didn't want to be friends with him was the conversation that pursued after he said it's because i voted for trump isn't it i really shouldn't have told you that <laughs> And then he was like, why won't you like me? Just like me back with like 12 Ks in the back. Lick me back? Like me back. 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 KKK. Add extra Ks in there. Uh, Hey, guys, it's it's really attractive to women when you go, like me back. Hold my hand. Like me back. When did he tell you he voted for Trump? Uh, First date. Oh, nice. Well, what's what's your takeaway, Naomi? Takeaway from that, or takeaway from him saying he voted for Trump? Why did you share that story? What I shared that story because it's hard for me to be attracted to people that don't have confidence in themselves and won't take no for an answer. Interesting. No, that, that all seems fair. Yeah, like one of the things that I mentioned in our in our just little outline for the episode, which I know you took a gander at, was you didn't share <laughs> the episode outline with me. <laughs> And this is how she reacts. Dang. Now, now, now you understand, listener. 
Yeah, well, we've discussed on several occasions, you know, different hypotheses for why people are dating less in this podcast. You know, we've, we've mentioned economic circumstances make it, you know, harder to settle down, harder to even go out on dates. We talked about living circumstances. More and more people are living at home with their families. We talked about changing cultural patterns where, like, it's more acceptable if you want to, you know, be on your own for longer periods of time or even if, you know, you want to pursue a queer relationship, one that doesn't abide by, like, traditional heterosexual social rules. We've talked about, like, climate change and child-free attitudes where people are like, you know, I don't necessarily want to contribute to a world that I feel is, you know, already overpopulated. We've talked about there being more stuff to do outside of dating. You know, back in the day, a lot of people had 10, 12 kids and I think it's because there wasn't a lot else to do in your downtime besides procreate. But like one of the things that I think we really need to dig into is just the the state of the world and how like misogynist attitudes on dating apps really reinforce that women have a lot to be stressed about. Yeah. And like guys on dating apps need to be understanding and like respectful of that. Like I would be nervous as a woman going out to date. It's like going to a farmer's market and the farmer's market's all out of vegetables except for some wilted Swiss chard, which they're selling for $8 a bunch. I think this is a terrible analogy. You don't think it's a terrible analogy? Okay, okay. So there's some amazing cherries somewhere in this farmer's market, but it's hidden in a maze of stalls and you don't know how to find them. And there's a serial killer running after you. Yeah. And the whole point of the game is to get the cherries. I don't know, like... What is on offer right now that's so appealing? Because a lot of women right now that I know of are stressed about reproductive freedom. They're stressed about incels who have, like, the opinion they might need to murder some women in order to justify, you know, right the injustices of the world. We've talked about, like, the legal system being strongly conservative and, like, the state of women's rights potentially declining in the next couple of years in the Western world. Like, these are all, like, deeply concerning topics, and a lot of guys seem completely, like, flippant, and they don't either care about those things or recognize that those are priorities for women. And I don't know, like, what the answer is, because I don't think the answer is, you know, start buying futurist feminism shirts and wearing them in your profile pics. I don't know if the answer is necessarily like on dates constantly reinforcing oh yeah by the way um, I've been following those Supreme Court developments but if you're only going to be attracted to women that you're like only be respectful towards women that you're attracted to like you don't respect all women and I think that that's like really hard for people like of the male persuasion to understand and and it's and I don't think that's a unique thing in the like dating world because there's a lot of people who it's are not. respectful not to saying. people who can help them with yes. stuff but not to like service workers who they see as beneath them and i think the same dichotomy applies when you you know see men pursuing women they're very respectful around those women but when there's you know someone who's unattractive who's a woman who they deal with you know they kind of brush her off or ignore her and don't do anything and treat her the same way i just think it's really like hard for men to understand like how uneasy women feel like another red flag that like i keep going back to and i've talked about with many women is the fact that like if a guy asks you to hang asks me this is my personal judgment on the situation to hang out on the first like in the first like three messages he sends he's like let's hang out tonight let's go grab a drink tonight i just like think of that as a red flag because they don't necessarily understand how freaking scary it is to go out with someone that you don't know and haven't messaged with yeah, women, I think, like men who can set appropriate boundaries and recognize if they're feeling stressed. I, I don't think that's like I was telling Joel magical. yesterday about boundaries. I was telling him about this guy that messaged me and he was getting like really weird. And so I was like, hey, like, I just don't think we're looking for the same thing. Is it because I voted for Trump? 
different guy. And he was like, no, I get that. Glad I didn't. I asked him if he just wanted to be my friend. And he was like, no, I get that. I'm glad I didn't send you an ab pic this morning. And I was like, okay, uh, not a great start to this friendship that we have here. I didn't respond to that message. He said, no, but for real, I really need more friends that are girls. And I was like, and then he said, but if you ever need a picture of abs, let me know. Huh. What would you use this picture for? Like a, a gun target? Men range? do not understand that women personally, I have found that women and women that I associate with do not appreciate the visual representations of men's bodily autonomy that they send via Snapchat when you get to know them over a dating app. I think that's fair. And we've talked about consent and healthy boundaries and arbitrarily sending people nude or semi-nude photos really really skirts the boundaries of those things, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, again, there just seems to be a total lack of awareness. And in fairness, like, I don't know where you would have necessarily picked this up in the education system or in your life if you're a male listener. But I would hope at this point, you know, if you're in your late teens, early 20s, you would start to be aware of the fact that women are human beings and have thoughts and hopes and aspirations just like you do. I mean, just ask yourself some questions about whether or not you understand, you know, what women are going through. Like, have you had any serious conversations with women in your life about, you know, some of the concerns and priorities they have? Do you consume media that's geared towards women or just primarily stuff designed for men? Do you share or interact on social media with, you know, stuff that deals with like social issues involving women? Do you have multiple friends who are women who spend time with you, who enjoy hanging out with you? Do you insult people by, you know, using female specific terms, you know, bitch, cunt, things like that? Because you consider, well, even just the word female can be weaponized. But yeah, do you consider like, you know, the act of being feminine to be itself bad and the act of being masculine to be itself good? Do you think that women's interests inherently are dumb, like makeup or crocheting or pottery? I'm not saying men can't enjoy those things. I'm just saying those no, are I think they're dumb. targeted <laughs> towards women. But do you like constantly disregard like women's interests in those things as stupid while considering all of your stuff, like, you know, Fast and the Furious films and monster trucks and playing guitar and you dumb know, trucks, dump trucks <laughs> and shooting ranges and all that to be, you know, better and more like sophisticated. Like, like I'm not saying those are the perfect Bechdale test or anything. I'm just, you know, asking questions. I think it's worth, you know, constantly introspecting and trying to figure out whether or not your vision of the world correctly aligns with how the world is. And if you don't have good answers to those things, you know, maybe, maybe do some soul searching, maybe think about, you know, some of the reasons you may not be completely up on the concerns and priorities of women in your life and how that might impact your dating life. I'd like to end on a funny note. <laughs> this guy named Hercules, he's 26. He said, purebred man child, but also a strong independent woman who doesn't need no man. Just to clear up any confusion. Yes, I'm a guy. My pronouns are grilled cheese slash sandwich, all class and no ass height is four feet, 27 inches. Weight equals negative 10 pounds. Credit score, 420. <laughs> Hashtag blaze it. And that's I it for like, this week, kids. <laughs> I feel I could write like a PhD dissertation. Just on this bio? In the field of sociology and anthropology upon this person alone. Yep. Boy, Hercules. Hercules. I'm really hoping that he's like 4'3". 
and like can't grow. No, a he's four feet twenty seven inches. Four feet twenty seven inches. Yeah. Hmm. Again, lot to unpack there. Okay. Fellers, yes. listeners, it has been a hoot and a holler. I hope you have enjoyed this very special episode of Guy Family Catch Up. Catch up with the guys. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll do these every couple of months. Get your finger on the pulse of what the Guy family has learned and what they're thinking about. If we settle into stable relationships, we'll drag our significant others on and force them to talk about how great we are. You think that, I'm going to have healthy. a relationship anytime soon? That's funny. Uh, excuse me. It sounds like you have a new bow called Hercules. <laughs> We'd like to promote our Patreon, which is launching. It should have launched before we put out this episode. Go listen to our little blooper about it's that. It's on Patreon.com under Why Will No One Date These Guys. Yeah, we've talked about it already, but if you can throw us a few bucks each month, we'd greatly appreciate it. It allows us to continue doing this podcast and do even more impressive, awesome, cool things with it. As always, we'd like to reinforce that our social medias, Twitter and Instagram, are both at DateBeesGuys. If you have any questions, date you want dating advice, personal, one-on-one conversations with us, DM us at either of our social medias. I think that we can also do messaging through Patreon. I think so, yes. Yeah. I hope that everyone has a great week and love that you're listening to us. Okay. We have many thanks for the use of our theme music, which is the song Drop by Ketza. You can find more of their music online at ketza.uk. You can also find Date These Guys online on Twitter and Instagram at Date These Guys or visit our website at datetheseguys.org. If you have questions you'd like us to discuss in the podcast or marriage proposals for either of us, shoot us an email at datetheseguys at gmail.com. If you're looking to make an impact, this show recommends giving either time or money to Planned Parenthood, a nonprofit organization that provides reproductive health care in the United States and globally. Planned Parenthood clinics and affiliates provide birth control and long-acting reversible contraception, clinical breast examinations, cervical cancer screenings, pregnancy testing, prenatal care, testing and treatment for sexually transmitted infections, and abortions. Planned Parenthood also does great work for those who can't afford traditional medical services. Approximately four out of five of their clients have incomes at or below 150% of the federal poverty level. Both Joel and Naomi are monthly donors to Planned Parenthood. You could be too. The intro and outro music of Why Will No One Date These Guys is from the song Drop by the artist Ketza. It is licensed through Creative Commons, and we are deeply appreciative that they've allowed us to use it.